Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. This is Lisa, and if you want to catch up with me on Twitter, you can find me at ILTM Podcast. I'm also on Instagram at I Love That Movie Podcast, and we have a Patreon. Uh, the show is always free, but if you want to support us on there, you can. Um, and right now, we're covering Loki. <laughs> We've also covered WandaVision uh, and The Mandalorian. So every week on there, I have a guest, and we cover something in pop culture. I also give my weekly roundup of everything I'm listening to that week or watching. Um, but for as little as a dollar a month, you get those bonus episodes. Uh, so I want to take a quick moment to thank my top patrons, and they are Chris Belga, Jeff Whitman, Philip Barker, and Michael Cross. Thank you so much for keeping the lights on. And if you like what you hear today, please subscribe and rate the show. It does help new listeners find us. Well, I've got a returning voice on the podcast. I've got Katie. Uh, she's from the Slice of Film podcast, as well as the Star Wars Alliance podcast. Welcome back, Katie. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Ooh, always glad to podcast. Yes. <laughs> You're a busy woman. That's why I was like, okay, let me write these down. I just want to make sure I don't miss anything. <laughs> Kudos to yes. you for being able to do all that. The, the busyness is real. It's real, though. <laughs> It's real. It's real. Well, Katie, if people haven't heard you on the show before, can you introduce yourself a little bit? Yes. Yeah, so uh, my name's Katie Rentler. Um, I am a fellow podcaster myself. Uh, Lisa and I got introduced on the Super Civil Servants podcast. Yes. Um, I currently run two podcasts for the Geek Ultimate Alliance podcast network. One is Slice of Film, which is very similar to Lisa's podcast. Uh, typically, me and a guest go through... Uh, a film of their choosing and most times it's a film I've never seen before and the person I bring on tends to be an expert or loves that film really really a lot so um the latest episode I did there was actually a solo episode where I went through my top five films and the film we're going to talk about today actually made the honorable mention section of that podcast oh um, wonderful yes so you can find that podcast it's on twitter it's at slice of film one um, my other podcast is Star Wars related, so if you ever want anything Star Wars related, uh, that's a bi. Both podcasts are biweekly, uh, both coming out every third, every other Thursday, um, and so Star Wars Alliance uh, is on Twitter as well. It's at Star Wars Alliance without the A in the Wars, um, and you can find everything really on my personal Twitter. It's at Slice of Katie. Um, on Twitter, if you want to reach out, if you want to guest on my podcast, come come forth and let's do it. Uh, but I'm yes. also the yes, please do. Uh, and I'm also the managing critic for Full Circle Cinema. I always forget to throw that one in there, but I've been trying to be more <laughs> prevalent in that role recently because it's a good title to have. So 
That's awesome. Well, as you guys know, um, I, and yes, I do recommend that you check out those podcasts and uh, get involved. Um, there can never be enough podcasters out there. And you got, you have some great shows and you're part of a great network. It's yes. awesome. Um, but I, you know, I do want to mention that my guest always picks the movie. So you chose a movie today. What What movie did you pick to talk about? So... This is a movie that's near and dear to my heart, um, and it's surprising to a lot of people because I haven't seen a lot of older movies. Uh, it's called The Apple Dumpling Gang. It's got Don, it stars Don Knotts and Tim Conway as well as some others in there, uh, but it came out on July 1st, 1975. So how many years is that? Because July 1st is tomorrow, <laughs> technically. Oh, random. So it's celebrating its... 46th anniversary so that sounds right i'm not the best at math (laughs) um wow yeah so i I was a little surprised that you picked this one um i have seen it as well um and i remember loving it fondly and it's one of those movies i kind of never thought i'd see again because it's not like it, it it was well received when it came out before i was born as well um but it's not like one of the major Disney films you think of. I feel like when I was a child, I saw it a lot. But as the years have gone by, I feel like it's not as remembered. So I was kind of surprised by that. When did you first see this? It was probably, I think I was probably like six or seven. Uh, And it was just one that my, really my mom grew up watching because my mom was born in 70. Um, so this was a movie she grew up watching. Oh yeah, so, it was like perfect, perfect age for for this movie. Um, so this was one where we just kind of watched it. Um, I grew up really close to my cousins, um, and we watched this all at my grandparents' house at like a sleepover one time. Um, Aww. So it's just it's kind of been a staple, and it was funny enough. I just we. Matt and I, who's my husband, we finished watching this probably like 45 minutes ago. So I was like, I need a refresher. And he's like, you're not paying attention to this. I was like, I've seen this movie probably like 25, 30 times. So (laughs) I just needed a refresher. That's all I needed. Uh, And that's the first time he's ever watched it. So (laughs) yeah, I watched this. um, Nick kind of came in on the end tail end of it. So he didn't rewatch it with me. I watched it growing up. I remember watching it as a child and remember seeing the ad for it a lot somehow, maybe I guess on VHS tapes or something like that. Um, but I couldn't remember what it was even about. I just remember liking it. Uh, growing up, I you know liked Don Knotts because of the Andy Griffith show, which was also obviously in reruns by then, um, but was pretty prevalent on TV. So I, I was aware of him and, and some of the Disney films that he was a part of. So I really liked it. Um, I do want to warn everybody, not that there's a real concern of spoilers with this particular movie, <laughs> but if you haven't seen it yet, I do recommend you go see it and then come back and listen to this synopsis. So here's here's the summary real quick. Uh, after three poor orphans are sent to live with a gambler, Russell Donovan, they discover that they've actually inherited a large fortune from their dead father. Soon, a series of greedy, undesirables shows up. They try to get their hands on the money, so in order to keep things uncomplicated, the kids decide to give their inheritance to a lovable outlaw duo, Theodore and Amos. But there's only one problem. The gold is locked away in a vault. 
Um, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, and and you know, um, I didn't have like a ton of facts about this particular film. Um, I did read that. So I I was thinking that this was one of those Disney films that was until I saw the date um, that that might have been made to help fund either Disneyland or Disney World because there was this time period where Disney was like sort of churning out a lot of live action films in order to fund the parks. And he would like, you know, you you tune in and watch it on TV and he'd talk about, oh, we're opening this park and here's how it's going. And then you'd watch the movie. And so it was kind of like a big commercial for these theme parks. Now, this movie came out after Disney World opened, so obviously no, but... Some of the reviews were like, this reminds us a lot of those older films when yeah. they were making a lot of those types of movies. I didn't know that was a thing Disney did, so that's interesting. But yeah, like, I, there's just, and this isn't like a film, I, I've been saying this a lot recently, but this isn't a film like that I typically, like people would think that this would be one of that I would enjoy. And maybe it's just like, if I hadn't seen it as a kid, like there's always that nostalgia factor to these films where if you see it as a kid, like sometimes that just brings up good memories for you in a sense. Oh, for sure. Um, but Don Knotts and Tim Conway have always been one of my favorite duos. Like they're just so iconic. Um, and they've done a and lot. And it kind there's... of started with this movie. I read yeah. like that. This kind of started them as like a little comedy duo. Yeah, I because they're they're in a couple after this where there's like a mystery one with like a murder, um, and that one's really <laughs> good. I can't remember the title though. I was trying to look it up before this and I couldn't find it. But anyways, Apple don't like it. Um, yeah, it's a very it's. They're so klutzy, and they're just so, like the synopsis says, they're just so lovable. Like, you really can't hate them. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, I agree. And, like, even the people throughout town, they're like, oh, yeah, that's that's the hatch, hatch, hatch knife gang. Um, and, like, hash knife outfit. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> uh, I pulled up the Wikipedia summary. Um, oh, no problem. But the, everyone through town's just like, oh yeah, that's the hash knife outfit. Like, don't worry about them. They're 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 not gonna hurt you at all. And the new guy who Russell Donovan, who's played by Bill Bixby, uh, he comes through town. He's like, just like, almost got robbed. And they're like, uh, no, you didn't. You're you're fine. <laughs> so, um, because it's really just, it's really probably Bill Bixby's character. And then Don Knotts and Tim Conway that really make this for me because it's really just, it's so disjoint, but it all makes it work. <laughs> yeah. So Bill Bixby, he uh, is probably best known as, uh, you know, the Hulk. <laughs> really? His name Bruce Banner. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I didn't know that, but I was like, he looks kind of familiar. Not that I was watching a ton of the Hulk a little bit before my time, but I was looking through his like biography and it says i'm pulling it up now uh let's see so it was after this movie yeah 1977 offered the role of david bruce banner in a two-hour pilot called the incredible hulk then later it's picked up it becomes the number one show in the u.s 
of course, you know, a lot of people, when they think of the Hulk, they think more of Lou Ferrigno, right? Because he right. plays when he's the Hulk. But yeah, he was Bruce Banner. So um, that's probably what he's best known for. I, I read a little trivia that this was like his last movie. And I was like, did he die? Like, it didn't say he died. And so I looked at it, I was like, oh, no, I think he went on to do TV. And he did a lot of directing after this is what they meant. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's kind of where he's most known from. And gotcha. then, like, the director um, is Norman Tokar, who I guess the reason why this kind of feels like some of those older Disney films is he did he did some others that are kind of reminiscent of that, like The Cat from Outer Space. I know I've seen that, but it's been a really long time. Uh, he directed an episode of MASH, uh, Walt Disney's 50th anniversary show, and, like, a couple other... Oh, me and Benji. Oh, man, I loved Benji when I was a kid. Um, uh, oh, The Ugly... Dachshund. Oh my gosh. Okay, yeah. So I, I can see how he's kind of that. He's of that <laughs> style of directing, sort of like family friendly, kid kind of centered stuff. Except for Mash, obviously. But yeah. um, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. That this is kind of similar to that. You know, I saw some of the reviews were saying that you know it's like uh, it, it did kind of feel a little bit like a TV movie, just like the sort of the formula of of the film reminds you of a lot of like family films. But it was actually a pretty decent box office success. Um, also, uh, a lot of people really enjoyed this one. And, of course, as a kid, I wouldn't have known that. I just loved it because I saw it. It had Don Knotts in it. <laughs> and yes, I really exactly. liked it. So so I think I think it's remembered pretty fondly. And there's some elements to it that, that I really enjoy about, you know, the, I really like the dad. Or, you know, he doesn't want to be dad at first, but him with those kids sort of reminds me of a little bit of like the kids in like bed knobs and broomsticks or you know um mary poppins i don't know it's like it did have that sort of older disney style formula to it but that's kind of what i appreciated about it most definitely um the older disney movie style has never really bugged me in a sense um yeah same just it's just because like and who knows maybe that's because it's what we grew up with but like it, there's always something comforting about a formulaic movie like this like in certain cases formulaic may be bad but i think i think it all depends on kind of what genre of movie you're going for comedy klutzy comedy is always going to have the same formula it's just always going to have it like um there's like million dollar baby uh which i would consider very much along the same lines of this um yeah so it's stuff like that where it just it works uh and typically like with klutzy comedy i think what works here is that don the what is don knots and tim conway um theodore and amos are while they're not necessarily while theodore may get embarrassed by what's happening with like how much they keep screwing things up amos is just like oh yeah everything's fine like i don't know what went wrong like <laughs> it's yeah. fine because that's what can make or break a klutzy comedy is if how much embarrassment there is going for it i guess is what i'm trying to say because i don't like i i'm not like a pranks I, I don't enjoy pranks. <laughs> Words are hard right now. Um, oh, I don't enjoy pranks. So 
because people just get embarrassed by it. So in these types of situations, if it's klutzy comedy, but then like there's just a whole lot of embarrassment in it, then it doesn't work for me because I'm like, oh, okay, I'm a huge klutz. And maybe this is why I relate to it because I'm just like, uh, you know what? I have to get over <laughs> it at some point. Um, so yeah, I, that's, that was a long way to say like klutzy comedy with embarrassment bad. In this case, I, it plays off well enough to not feel like they're embarrassed because they just keep going back and doing this. If if Theodore was really embarrassed, then he'd leave Amos or convince Amos to go on a different path. Um, but they keep going with it. And so, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and let's see. So the, the, the sheriff the guy that has he wears a lot of hats in the town you know he's the sheriff but he's also um the barber and he's also uh a lawyer or a judge as well <laughs> like he he does he he does a lot that's played by uh harry morgan right and he i obviously mm-hmm. is like most notable for potter and mash which i was like the whole movie i was like man i really recognize him but i can't think of what he was in um i really liked his character a lot. <laughs> i just want to make sure i mention him but yeah i agree that um it's i mean this wouldn't work so well if it didn't have good actors in it yeah um it takes it's hard to pull off that kind of like slapsticky you know silly comedy but i mean you've got don knotts here um, and Tim Conway's great too. And then you've got some other great supporting people like Harry Morgan and Bill Bixby. Um, I also think Susan Clark does a wonderful job as well. Yes. So I think, um, oh, and you got Slim Pickens. Oh man, that's throwback. But you've, you've got a good cast. So they do a lot with the material and the fact that it's a formula. I don't know. It almost like makes it feel safe and it, it does remind me a lot of my childhood. So I'm in a hundred percent agreement with you there. Yes. And I, so I was like looking at the casting list earlier, trying to figure out who I knew. I think Susan Clark is the only one other than Tim Conway and Don Knotts that I really know. Um, mainly because of um, Babe, uh, the, the movie she was in, but she does a great job in this. Like I really love Dusty's character, especially kind of like, because in a lot of movies, a lot of the older movies that I'd seen, the female character typically gets stuck like on the sideline. She's the good mom. And granted, that's what Dusty kind of turns out to be in the end of this one. But at the same time, like she's fiercely independent. Like she goes, she goes after Donovan because he buys a bed because she's like, Oh yeah, I married you, but only for the kids. And yeah, when she finds out he bought a bed, like Matt, Matt was like in shock as that scene was happening. And after it was done, she's like, <laughs> Uh, this is no place for a lady. And she walks out with um, the, uh, what's her name? It was Celia. And she walks out with Celia and Matt's like, if you ever do that to me, I may kill you. <laughs> I just could not stop yeah. laughing. <laughs> yeah, she's kind of, I mean, it feels very 70s, like the feminism in the 70s. And so she's kind of dressed like more masculine in this mm-hmm. movie and she really doesn't want to settle down and get married but yeah she does it for the kids and i think that like little edge to her does make her like a lot more relatable than your typical like prairie housewife <laughs> yeah for sure and, and in the end even when she's like 
dressed feminine and everything like she's still very much independent like she's not being forced to settle down like she's really kind of donovan and her kind of figured out a good system obviously they make out so it, yeah. it's well i mean she settled up in a way she gets she's yeah. rich <laughs> that's <laughs> exactly. not a bad deal <laughs> i'll so, be like yeah i'll put that dress on <laughs> yes yeah yeah i i really liked her, the relationship between her and donovan i felt like well, I love that he's like this gambling man and it's sort of like a trope of like, you know, he doesn't want to take care of these kids. They're in the way, but there's a lot of like pretty good situational humor and comedy that comes yeah. through having to raise these little kids. And then eventually, um, you know, he, he wants to be with them and be their father. And it's very cute. And yeah. it was just, it, it was kind of like a, a bit of a spin on like a sort of an old Western uh, style movie, but like you know, a, a little more Disney, and I appreciated that. Exactly. Yeah, totally agree. What What are some of your other favorite scenes from the movie? So definitely, I'd say the one I've already mentioned, which was um, Dusty beating up Donovan in the, <laughs> yeah, that the was saloon. Great. I. <laughs> Still can't help myself from just dying laughing over and over again at that scene. Um, so there's that. Um, probably another very good one um, is at the beginning uh, where Dusty's bringing in the Bradleys, uh, which are the three kids that are technically, I guess, yes. the stars of the movie, but they're like <laughs> not. They're too little to be the main stars. Yeah. um yeah so i i just i can't help but laughing as celia gets out of the uh what is it the i guess the station stagecoach several times to go to the bathroom because that's totally me (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was definitely that kid too um another good one is kind of the earthquake scene with the bradleys it's about the only scene where i really um enjoy it them mainly because they're being inquisitive as kids um oh yeah so yeah i um that first scene where so like i hadn't seen this movie in so long that um when that whole thing happens where donovan finds out that he's picking up children and not really just precious cargo or it is precious cargo, but he thought he was picking up some valuables. Um, that was so sly and you really get the impression everybody was in on it somehow. And, um, you know, he's basically using completely valid logic to be like, these are not my children. I'm not going to do this, but everyone's just so ready to pass off these kids. They're like, Oh, you're, you're doing it. You made an agreement. Um, so that, that's what you have to do. And I thought that whole scene was funny cause I didn't see it coming <laughs> cause it'd been so long since I've watched it. So I really like that part. Um, oh yeah. also, uh, I, I like, you know, when, um, well, they keep alluding to this mine and I was like, I don't remember how this ends, but I do feel like somehow they come into money cause that seems to be their biggest problem right now um but they decide to go in that mine and then there's that uh little runaway mine cart scene which yep. reminds me now of uh temple of doom i feel like had to have been a little <laughs> bit influenced by that uh but i loved it because it's got that old style of like 
they didn't know how they couldn't film that back then any other way except having like a tv screen or you know something projected behind them um and they're just like shaking the cart and i was like oh man this takes me back <laughs> yes old school special effects for i sure. love it so much yeah and i think and... the kids are really cute i mean i, I like the kids that helps oh, yeah. when the kids are you know likable oh yeah definitely definitely um then there's some e- what was I gonna say? I just lost it. Oh, okay. um, like in kind of what you were talking about, like the special kind of the special effects, like see, telling it's an older movie. It's funny how seeing like them switch between between po- points of view, and they're like, oh, yeah. that's that's like the real scene, or not real scene, but that's like on a road without. Yeah, they're CGI. physically filming it without yeah. like a screen behind it. Yeah. Yeah, and Matt was like, wow, you can really tell this is an older movie and pointed that out. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's not know, exactly this... seamless. They don't have a green screen back then. Yeah. But even, like, it's not bad, but it's, it is it's noticeable. Really not. So. Honestly, when I watch this movie, it makes me think of, like, going to Disneyland or Disney mm-hmm. World. Like, it just reminds me of that time in my life when I would be doing those kinds of things. Yeah. And, you know, back when I used to have, like... I had a bunch of VHS tapes that had, like, okay, so when we were younger, there there was no, and, and I don't know, I think this was the case when you were younger, too, because this went on forever. There was, like, the Disney vault, and things were always coming in and out of that vault all the time. So, like, yeah. you know, I didn't get to buy everything, or my parents, you know, I'm sure my parents were probably relieved they couldn't buy everything, but they <laughs> couldn't. And so what I would do is I would collect these VHS tapes that had a lot of the popular Disney songs and some of the movies. That was the only way that I saw them was, um, you know, replaying these songs over and over and singing along. Do you remember those? Did, did you have those as a kid? This well, actually, like, my so my parents tended to stick away from, like, some of, like, the, like, not like like stuff like Ariel and Snow White I probably didn't see those until I was like 9 or 10 so oh. it, like this was actually like it was this it was older movies my parents were picking or like my grandparents picked and then like Veggie Tales oh okay okay <laughs> I remember so, Veggie Tales too um <laughs> what what were some of the other old movies so it was it was a lot of like Star Wars. We watched a lot of Indiana Jones. Um, oh, okay, fast, okay. Fast forwarded through like specific scenes. Um, like <laughs> so I didn't know that Luke kissed Leia until I was probably like thirteen or fourteen. <laughs> you know what? It is inappropriate. I mean, it is his sister. <laughs> um, that's so cute. Yeah. So so you saw more of the live action stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Mom... That makes sense. And my mom to this day still hates animation. Um, oh, okay, okay. Like... Uh, she would get along with my mom, I think. <laughs> <laughs> my mom also does not like cartoons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I saw a lot of those growing up. But then I also saw either when I was a little older on the Disney Channel or just somehow saw a lot of these movies like, you know, a lot of the older Disney ones like Zorro, um, what are some other ones like the Lone Ranger? Uh, like I said earlier, bed knobs and broomsticks. There was like a bunch of like random Disney ones that like have not stayed in the pop culture consciousness anymore. Like 
One that I vividly remember nobody ever remembers is it was called Thomasina. And it was about a family in Ireland and their cat dies. The cat goes to not hell, but a a version of heaven where there's like Egyptian cats. And then the cat is sent back to earth and the cat comes back to life. This was a real Disney movie. (laughs) And I watched it over and over again as a kid. And even my dad was like, this movie's strange. But there was like a ton of live action ones. And that's what I was talking about earlier. There was like this period of time where they were just like churning these out. Because the Disney animated films are very expensive to make. Yeah. And it was difficult to get funding. At this point, Disney was sort of losing interest in them because they're so tough to make. And they're so expensive. And a lot of them weren't that well received. Like a lot of things that we think of today as, you know, classics didn't get great reviews um so that just shows how important that ends up being sometimes in the long run they're still considered classics but um so he would do these live action films because they were cheaper to make they were fast and like i said they would kind of help fund the park so that's why this kind of reminded me of that this is after that point and was actually released you know in theaters but uh it kind of has that feeling and i think that's kind of you know, as a kid, I couldn't tell that this was made in the 70s and the others were made in the 60s. Like, you know, I wouldn't exactly. have no way of knowing that. So to me, it's all kind of like one thing. Um, and it's it's that it just makes me really nostalgic when I watch it because of that. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, like and I was I was just searching through like older Disney films to like try and figure out some like this is probably one of the older movies that I watched. And then a lot more stuff tended to like be in like the 80s and 90s type uh, era maybe like homeward bound the remake or yeah yeah um home alone was one that we watched Heck yeah. surprisingly so <laughs> <laughs> um herbie herbie movies also oh, were another herbie one movies. yeah oh, those are so cute yeah i love I those. Love those yeah i love <laughs> those too it's so awesome now that this stuff is like out of the vault and on Disney Plus and oh, yeah. it, I just it, it's like when you suggested this at first I'm like where the heck are we gonna find that like because this uh-huh. is seriously like I think one of those films that like I loved it I remember it but I don't know that kids you know nowadays are watching it you know so I was like where do we find this and I think it's great that it's on Disney Plus because now parents can be like hey I loved this growing up um so why don't you watch this and you know, like like you said, you end up creating a lot of special memories together doing that. So, it's yeah, awesome. and it's it's it can be so frustrating because some of these movies are just absolute gems in the rough or diamonds in the rough, whatever. Um, but there's so much content nowadays that you can almost like you lose the content that's already out there sometimes with trying to keep up with the newer stuff and that's not a bad thing i love that we're getting so much content but for me i'm like i i'm in the middle of watching Grey's anatomy right now which call me sad or crazy if you want like matt has a couple times but uh, like that's (laughs) what i've been watching and it like that show has 17 seasons out and i'm in the middle of i'm in the middle of season 12 so it's like there's so much out there but there's only so much time you have so in some cases Uh, like yeah i like if you're looking for older movies to watch like honestly i'd probably say like try and aim for two a month because and just try and like experiment with 
what's already out there versus what's coming out because something that you you're never gonna know unless you try it and you'd be surprised by how much you love it and like i seriously miss like comedic duos like don knots and tim conway nowadays like they're sorely missed and like even robin williams like and i know i know like sometimes like Robin Williams' death can kind of really get to people, but, like, Mrs. Doubtfire, like, such an absolute gem. Like, that is my favorite movie, like, to death. And we don't get films like that anymore, and it's just, it kind of makes me sad. There's an innocence to this film, and I think a little bit even, even though it's, it came out later with Mrs. Doubtfire, but, like, there's, like, a lightness to to these types of films, like, that back when the family element had to be like super super goody goody like the kids are squeaky clean you know what i mean there's no edginess to it but like i kind of miss that sometimes like i don't feel like we get that anymore and i think it's fine to have some edge and you know to have the kids films that are like a little bit more i don't know how to put this like more street wives or whatever you want to say to where the parents can enjoy it more too but there's something uh, like really heartwarming about these older films like i don't like i was reading a, a review where they were like oh the kids are like too good and blah 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 and i'm like i don't know like why is that a bad thing like i i, yes. I liked these older movies um th- like i said they're comforting to me there's no like horrible secret that you're gonna find out about one of the kids yes. or you know, nobody's like an alcoholic or something. Like, it's just easy to watch and it's fun. And sometimes you need that. And honestly, like, when you picked this movie, I really looked forward to going back and watching it again because it had been so long. And it was so funny and so silly and so 70s. And I'm like, yeah, I, I just, I miss this. And yeah. I think, like, for me, like, the 70s, that's not like an era that I return to a lot for films. So it, it really, after watching it, I was like, man, I, I really need to go back into Disney Plus and find some more of these. Maybe I'll find Thomasina. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I remember, like, older movies like That Darn Cat or I mentioned The Dachshund. I watched that um, probably when I first got Disney Plus But because Nick really likes that movie. But, um, you know, there's just a lot on there, to your point, that you could go back and, and see. And and they're just like, I, I mean, any of them are good. You just sit down and watch them, and they're, they're good movies. They're fun to watch. And nice. you can watch it with the whole family if, if that's your thing. Yes, absolutely. Um, were there any some other scenes that you really liked from the film? Um, really anything with Donuts and Tim Conway in it. I know I've said it a thousand times, but like even just like the bank high scene where they're like <laughs> yeah. the Stillwell gang is here, and then all of a sudden the shootout starts happening, and Amos and Theo are like trying to make off with the. Uh, with with the suitcase or safe of <laughs> of gold, and then all of a sudden it ends up on uh, Amos's yeah Amos's um foot, and now they've got to try and, and get this three hundred fifty pound gold nugget off of his feet, and he's just like sitting there and he's like trying to get out of the way of the bullets and Theo's pulling him down. He's like, I can't, I can't move my feet. And he <laughs> was like, you got to get down the bullets. And then like he gets down and starts squatting. And then he's like, ow, ow, ow. And he's like, yes, I know it's on your feet. And it was like, no, I'm sitting on my spurs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of like funny slapsticky kind of humor between the two of them. Yeah they're just so perfect and like i remember like seeing don knots 
died and i i was 11 at the time and i was like don knots is dead i know it felt like that's not possible he can't die <laughs> yeah he's just so perfect and like i like andy griffith was another show that i watched with my dad when i was a kid um because uh there i can't even remember the sheriff's name but it was like uh the lawyer guy um Oh gosh, I'm gonna have to look. Okay, Don Andy Nuss. or no? Andy. Andy, and then he's Barney Fife, and then I'm looking at the character names. So, Ron Howard is Opie. <laughs> no, so it was literally Andy Griffith. Uh... Andy Taylor is his name on the show. Andy Taylor is his name. But he's in like the lawyer show. Matlock. He's in Matlock. Oh, okay. And yeah, that yeah. Was, that was my mom's favorite show. So, like, we got like a good enough crossover for her in the Andy Griffith show at, for my dad and like getting to see him and then like Don Knotts. So, this was, that was another one we watched as a kid. Oh, um, I love the Andy Griffith show too. He's also in Three's Company, which I watched as well. Sorry, like, yeah, getting majorly off topic, stuff. but... <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> I think that's part of the topic. I mean, he was a huge, you know, he was a huge star. He's in a lot of stuff. And yeah. some other kids' movies, too, like The Incredible Mr. Limpet. <laughs> stuff like that, so... And I mean, there was a sequel to this film, too. The Apple Dumpling Rides Again, so... Yes, which... Is a little more cringe in my book. <laughs> I I don't think I've ever seen it. I I I don't remember the first time I saw it, but I remember looking and I was like, I can't believe they never made a sequel to this. And somebody was like, you know, they did make a sequel to it. And I was like, what? And so then I watched it. And I was like, oh yeah, that's why they don't ever reference it because it's not as good. I didn't know either until I was reading about this, <laughs> so don't feel bad. <laughs> like I still watched that one when I was younger um but yeah yeah it's like it didn't stick out as much in your mind yeah yeah um there's other scenes I like too like uh with that weird music machine that the kids are like obsessed with oh, and yeah. eventually destroy I thought that was pretty funny and um, then they bring out the mirror like, again and I was like oh yeah that mirror gag keeps <laughs> happening <laughs> His kids are a wreck, but I mean, to their credit, you know, their dad, their, in air quotes, dad did go gamble instead of watch them. So, yeah, what do you expect? I like the colonel too. I think he's really funny. Uh, I guess Dusty's dad, right? That's her dad. Yeah, I think. I, yeah, yeah. I get so frustrated with him because I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> he's, when somebody comes in the bar in the saloon and is like shot and they take one of his like alcohol shots and I'm like oh yeah that's not gonna cut it and then he's he's drinking one of them and then quickly picks up the second one and is like okay I'm gonna drink this one so you don't take this one then too <laughs> yeah he's a character everyone in it is kind of a character yeah like I said I just like the situational comedy too of the of the uh sheriff that does a little bit of everything and like that scene where he kicks that guy out when he's shaving him because Donovan has to talk to him about like a financial matter or something. He's like, "Okay, you're done. Goodbye." <laughs> like yeah. I liked, I like that as well. And he's like, "I like you didn't shave my face." And he's like, two bits is half a, a full shave is four bits," and he charged two. <laughs> so there's just a, yes. there's a lot of good stuff right here, and like 
and like you said it just it all kind of makes you laugh and smile so yeah it's very light and you know the stakes are low it's not that serious and um you know the it has such a nice bow in the end where they all kind of... I like that at the very end, they're leaving and then Amos and uh, Theo are like, oh, can we come with you? And they're like, yes. yeah, sure, jump on. They're like, you know, they, they love these two these two thieves now. <laughs> they're, yes. they're part of the family. And then, they, and then they have that song at the end, which again feels very like old school Disney too, to like have like a little song that's like the apple dumpling gang or whatever. Yeah. And Matt um, was like saying they'll be coming over the mountain. And I'm like, it is not the same. Shut up. It's not the same. <laughs> He's critiquing the music. Yes. How dare you? How he dare does you critique that. the music of the apple dumpling gang? He did. He does that a lot. Um, Cause I'm a country music person. He's like all country music songs sound like one of three songs. I'm like, oh, shut up. <laughs> I like that y'all have that running gag. (laughs) Yeah, I I think Nick would have probably appreciated watching this because he does like Don Knotts a lot. But he I don't think he remembered this movie or had seen it. He just walked in and was like, what the heck are you watching? I'm like the Apple Dumpling Gang, Nick. (laughs) Um, Yes. Well, were there any other scenes that we missed? I know it's kind of a short movie, so. Yeah, it's one of the shorter movies films and they're like i said it's it can feel very disjoint if you're kind of coming into this and not knowing what to expect but kind of once you get into it you can kind of track everything um i would say like probably bill bixby um i think he does a really good job kind of playing like second fiddle to uh and just kind of going with the flow of things with Mm -hmm. um yeah he's definitely the straight man yeah yeah. That would I just be about it. How the, yeah. I love how he's trying to like get out of everything and trying to use logic and it makes sense, but it's like he's he's like not strong enough to to sort of uh change a situation. Eventually he ends up signing that paper because the little girl has to go to the bathroom. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought that I forgot to mention I liked that part too. Um, yeah, well, you know, like I said, this movie, um, let me, well, if we're at, already at the end, then let me ask you my last couple of questions. Let me say that again, because I said that kind of crazy. Um, well, that brings me to my last couple of questions, then. Number one, uh, w- you know, why, if you could summarize, I know we talked about it, but if you could summarize, why do you keep returning to this film? Why do you think you and your, and your mother, you know, loved it so much? Why did y'all see it so many times? I think it's mainly just a source of, like, creature comforts um it was one that my mom kind of grew up and was probably really the only slapstick comedy that she could kind of really enjoy uh and this is (laughs) totally my dad's type of film uh he loves this like ferris bueller's day off it was one of another his favorite films so it was just it was something the whole family could watch and kind of it it was a compromise but not really a compromise um yeah a little something for everybody yeah and so it's just it's always been here and like even through college i can remember finding it like at the library i'm just like oh my gosh oh yeah man so so many movies at the library or checked out so many movies yes a good resource that people sometimes forget about yes yeah and a lot of libraries um sorry while we're on the topic a lot of libraries like i i did that when like i first got out of college was i got my 
I went to my local library, got a card, and then, like, checked out DVDs. Like, that's how I did my watch through for Endgame, was I got all of the Marvel movies from the library and just watched through them all. So, very good resource to, like, get physical copies, but they also have a lot of good, like, digital resources in terms of, like, film and TV, depending on your library, as well as audiobooks, so... Yeah, I I didn't know that and kind of got into that more recently. Um, and I, I actually rented a book for a book club that I'm in. So, yeah, it's a really good resource. Save you some pennies for sure. Um, what What's a good theater pitch for this movie? Like, uh, you know, or elevator pitch. Like, how would you pitch this movie to someone that hasn't seen it? So this is film about two wayward people who have decided to walk life together and run into a lot of trouble but find a family all of their own so yeah it's cute because it's like a, it's very, a bunch of really mismatched people <laughs> that end up together and it, it's i really think it is classic disney and you know like uh one of the reviews i read said and and i i was i thought before i looked up when it was made um it really does remind me a lot of those like older like you know, family night. I can't remember what it was called, but it was like the wonderful world of Disney. And like every Sunday night there would be, you know, a movie and Disney would speak a little bit before the movie, like that kind of era of movies. And um, obviously it wasn't alive then. So I was seeing reruns of that, (laughs) but I'm still nostalgic for it. I mean, it's a time in my life that I, I really enjoyed all those films. And um, this was one of my favorites as well. So I'm so glad that you picked it. Uh, so Katie, uh, where can people find you if you want to give them your, your internet tags again? Yes. So you can find my personal Twitter. It's at slice of Katie. Um, my other two podcasts, again, I've got a slice of film, which, uh, is very similar to this one. We go, me and a guest go through a film and we talk about it. Uh, it's a film of the guest choosing. So very similar. Um, but we go really in depth about it. We talk about box office and awards and everything. So um, make sure you check that out if you're interested. Um, the other podcast I have is Star Wars Alliance, uh, which is all about Star Wars. And both of those shows are every other week coming out on Thursdays. Uh, so Slice of Film comes out one week. Star Wars Alliance comes out the next. Um, you can find all of my writings. It's on slicerscribbles.com uh, as well as any reviews I write uh, for Full Circle Cinema as the managing critic. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, Katie. Thank you again for coming on and hope to have you back soon. 